welcome to a brand new episode of Injury Time, a football podcast that takes a closer look at the beautiful game in India and across the world. Uh, taking you through the next few minutes, speaking about football will be me, Naveen, in the company of Sandeep. Hello. And, Sandeep, uh, and we have a special guest this time, Chidananda from The Hindu. Yeah, welcome, Chidu. How has it been? Yeah, it's been alright so far. Yeah, and, yeah. and this time round, we are coming in from the Sri Gantirva Stadium, the home ground of Bengaluru FC, the champions of India. And that's pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it's also bizarre to sit in an empty stadium because <laughs> we're always here reporting on athletics events or football when something is happening and there are people everywhere. And now all of a sudden, there are just pigeons and eagles and dogs sleeping so definitely guys here and there yeah. <laughs> yeah talking about bfc uh, first news coming in is the is the news that bfc have completed the quota of their foreign, foreigners for the upcoming season uh, two new chaps two Sp- spaniards have come in alvaro rubio and juan gonzalez a midfielder and a defender what do you make of these signings guys yeah so the interesting thing is uh, Alvaro Rubio is only signed in the, the end, end of, of the year. year. Exactly. So, which means that he's only going to play in the AFC Cup and then if he decides, he can extend his contract. Uh, so, I think it's, it's a, well, obviously it's a short-term signing but if it works, then it's great for the club. But another uh, thing that I notice about, like, if you look at the four uh, foreigners they have, two defenders, two midfielders. They are trusting Indian forwards to get the goals, and which is not something that you see very often in Indian football. Mm-hmm. I think that that is actually quite a Correct. nice change to see for and, us. And the first match up for these guys will be the AFC Cup match, which is due in September, playing Champions Rover. And I think they have enough time to get used to what Alberto Roca is trying to inculcate into this BFC setup. Because last time when we spoke to John Johnson, he said that. Uh, the style in which he, the team played under Ash, uh, Ashley Westwood is not what Alberto Roca wants from his players. So it's completely different and they're trying new things. More of position-based football, more of touch and go, more of passings happening. So yes, I think they do have enough time uh, till September to get used to this new style and turn out the result when the match comes with. Probably. I think the hard part will be for him, as he has already admitted, he has very little time to actually make an impact. So, you have suddenly a team now with these two plus the Australian midfielder Cameron Watson. So, suddenly you have three new players in a team under a new coach. So, you just have to see. They don't really have much time to gel. So, let's hope things go well. Well, if you look at Ashley, the way he played, very utilitarian style of football. Didn't really have a specific way. I think this guy, uh, Roka, really wants to play more possession-based kind of philosophy that he was brought up in uh, in Barcelona. So. Yeah, but then it will also ma- uh, also we'll have we'll get to see this once the season begins, once he sees the kind of opponents the team faces are under him and does he ad- adapt to that the kind of opposition he has, the kind of challenges that these teams would would to put would put up by once the I League starts, that would be pretty interesting to watch. But he did say he has to adapt to I League when we had that first call, press conference. So I think that's what he's gonna do. It's still a little while away. He'll see the ISL, find out the players, maybe how they're playing, and from then maybe he can have a clearer picture on what he's up to. And also, the other thing is uh, actually a week or two weeks before BFC announced their new coach, uh, the club had told us that uh, they, the club had only signed John Johnson as, as the one foreigner, and they still had three foreigner slots remaining. Then uh, the club had told us that they'd bring the new coach in and then you know, show, him, the show him videos of uh, all these three players 
and anyway Osana had already signed somewhere else but if he wanted to keep North Korean and Kim Jong-un or Walker for that so so that you know the decision would be up to the courts but the thing is within a week of coming he's already roped in these two foreigners so I wonder if he had already made his mind up about signing these two guys and if he if he had ever even considered retaining the old foreigners because it's, it happened too quickly in a week's time the two Spanish players have agreed to come out so I'm wondering if he had spoken to them earlier already but uh, definitely that's something that we'll have to wait and watch once BNC starts playing but Sandeep before BNC can play a big match for the national team they're down in Bhutan to play a friendly but it's not on a FIFA date but that doesn't matter when it comes to the Indian team is it? Yeah, so long as we get, get some minutes under their belt it's always good and a, a, and a number of uh, first team players are missing because teams like Mohan Bagan, East Bengal and BFC for that matter have released players but but still if you look at the rooster they have quite a number of guys and guys who will be very keen on taking this opportunity to make an impact and give the headache which every coach loves the headache when it comes to selecting your players for a team. Correct and also with, with the, our league being so short and uh, there is other leagues are big, we are a week out or three days away from most of the other leagues starting and we are in India we are like six months away so it's great to see actually that the players are, have something to do that they are playing somewhere the camp in Delhi was a very yeah, smart idea exactly. than, and uh, this is this is something that Constantine has always spoken about and he's very open about this that it's not only the FIFA dates that he as a coach of the national team is eyeing for matches because he knows when it comes to the national team the Indian national team India needs to play matches outside the outside the FIFA dates also because we are not that level where okay you come in four days before a FIFA date play and then you can eke out a result but this this team needs to build up build and this the process is going on. So like definitely and we just hope that Constantine can do some wonders with the team if not something. I don't think he'll do any wonders but in the one year if you can judge the way he's performed. I personally won't say it's too bad. Okay, results haven't gone his way, but the team but then, has improved. Exactly, and but the ranking e- show even it. in that fact, you were facing teams like Iran and Oman and those in that period, and especially against Oman, India did put up a good show. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to talk about it again. <laughs> they did, they did. Yeah, but I still wonder if he actually knows what his best eleven is because his handout debuts to so many. How many is it? Now, 25 players. 24, 25. Yeah, since he took over. Probably more in Bhutan. Yeah, um, so probably after. So it's been around for a year, so let's hope that things can go well. But uh, like uh, Chitu just men- mentioned a while back, uh, while while back that we are just three days well away. Back. Well, not well back, but a while back that we are just three days away from the new season of the Premier League. Guys, quite excited. Football yeah. is finally back on telly. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, very uh, boring Saturday Sundays. Definitely, yeah. we got a foretaste of it last week with the Community Shield. So yeah, an exciting match. Yeah. I personally didn't think United looked completely gelled. As in, in terms of uh, teamwork, they had good spells. They got the win because of one individual brilliance from Lingard. Second one was that uh, Ibrahimo, which is a half chance. Yeah. Not many people would have, you know, hung in the air and well, that's beaten what Morgan for the header. Someone like yeah, you're getting the best out of him. Get but those be- half chances in. Exactly, him. but before coming to United and t- talking more about what Mourinho can bring into this side. My first question to both of you, to both of y'all is, can Leicester defend their title this time, or come any close to what they were last time? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think probably defending the title is going to be very hard for them to do. But I think people have been in a hurry to write them off, which is wrong. And one thing I would argue is that Leicester actually looks a stronger team. Uh, 
than it did last season. So they have a better squad than they did last season. Uh, so they have greater depth. So so they may not win the league because other teams will probably improve. But I think people have written them off far too quickly, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finished in the top four again. I, th- I think I think it will be top six maybe. I mean, with the uh, signings of uh, Musa and Kapuska also, I think is a very exciting player. Yeah. They have got more depth, but they are facing uh, European ties this time. Last exactly. time, they did not have that. Ask, ask they have more Champions number of League matches. matches this time, how much of a pressure will that be on Claudio? Anything Leicester gets out of the Champions League is a bonus for them. So, I don't think there will be any pressure on him to do well in the Champions League. Okay. But will those matches affect his form? Yeah, his he'll have to rotate more. Last year, I think Leicester was the team who used least number of players. Which is fine, he won the league. But this time, he'll have to rest and rotate because they're in four tournaments at the same time. But one thing that Ranieri can be happy about is the fact that only Kante, only Angolo Kante has left and other top players of his uh, be it Jamie Wadi or uh, Riyad Mahrez spring quarter for that matter or West Morgan as captain guys have decided to stay back with the team and try to defend the title and it's a good sign for a manager any day that your top players are willing to stay back yeah and actually I heard an interview with Ranieri where he was saying that he asked when Kolo Kante came to him and said I want to go so he said we are in the Champions League now can you play for us for one more season and then next year you can go wherever you want but he said I don't know if I get this chance again so I want to move he said okay you can go so, and I think, yeah, and so Leicester have done well to sign the other guy Nampalis Mendy instead of him but Palis so, Mendy did you see him play yeah, he's not box to box he's more like a sitting midfielder yeah but so they're going to lose a little bit of dynamics yeah definitely they're going to lose uh, what Kante but brought but probably that's Kante where Ranieri's qualities come out how he gels around gels around with the kind of players he have and how he adapts to the quality of players he has at his disposal in Leicester yeah, yeah. Definitely. moving on from Leicester to another big signing that's happened but this time it's not a player but a manager uh, Pep Guardiola taking over Manchester City and how exciting are you to see that happen in England one side you have Pep Guardiola another side you have Jose Marino taking over Manchester United yeah, it's great that you see big, big managers coming in, which is, you always had a doubt like, oh, you know, the big managers are here and there, but now they're all under one Premier League, or different clubs. City in particular seem to have done an insane amount of uh, signings in transfer market now. Saidu Mane, sorry, Leroy Sane. Leroy Sane is a really smart signing, long-term. Long-term signing. Then he's got John Stones. John Stone is it, it, that is a very interesting signing for me because he's going to be the PK for uh, Pep Guardiola here. Yeah. He's going to start the moves on the back. He's comfortable on the ball. He, but he'll have to make sure that uh, Stones doesn't do all that over-the-top antics at the last man. You know, he does the drive turns and all. Yeah. He'll have to take away those mistakes, but otherwise. Seems like a very good signing. But given this roster that Guardiola has at his disposal, but still someone like a Vincent Company plays an important role in the side, and his fitness will be of key importance when Leicester begins its title bid. Isn't it? Not Leicester, City. Oh, uh, sorry, City begins its uh, title bid. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because last time round, uh, Company they ended had, up missing a number of matches, and that affected their chances. Isn't yeah, so they managed to. I think it is going to be similar to what Barcelona yeah. did. You are going to attack. You may concede two or three at the back, but if you can score four and five going forward, then it shouldn't be an issue. That, that's personally what I feel. But the question now for me is what happens to players like Nasri and Nawaz, who are not Guardiola players. Exactly. So, I think Guardiola has always said, and even at Bayern Munich, what he always did was he wanted players to play 
into multiple positions when he plays to be comfortable playing multiple positions so what he did with Pasterano we saw what he did with Philip Lam so what he did with Douglas Costa so he wants players to just play all over the pitch to adapt to different situations which is why he wants players good on the ball so I think at City now he's in the process of so I was reading one of the reports where uh, I read that he was very impressed with Fernandinho Oh yeah, uh, not so much at Fernando. Yeah, but there will be a number of other players, maybe Yaya Toure, who's what, 32-33, who seemed disgruntled last year, so I don't know if he's going to be uh, happy to keep him around this time. Yeah, but Gundahan, he's yeah. going to be key for him yeah. in the midfield. He's going to be the Chabelanza or Kuskets or whatever. Extreme, yeah. so, his passing range is brilliant. Well, if, if, if it's Kundahan for City, for United, who will be your pick this, this time around? Will it be a certain Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Because I think it's one of the smartest signings which United did, did this time around is bring in Eric Daly because their defense needed a reinforcement. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually impressed with how Eric Wiley played in the community shield. But he looked quite raw, uh, but still he has pace, which is a very good thing to see. So, he has pace and, and strength. So, it was nice to see. So, it's Eric Bailey in the back, in the defence, and you are Hendrik Bakitarian, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba, the latest signing for, for the team uh, for insane amount of But let's not get into inflation because we've been speaking about it for quite some time now. Uh, yeah, about Paul Pogba, I just want to uh, bring up something here. I saw, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a graphic in a French newspaper. So, where they said, so Paul Pogba cost United roughly 120 million euros. So, they had this graphic about what L, what 120 million euros can actually buy you. So, here it goes. 8,692 years of work at minimum wage in France. 8,692 <laughs> years. Well, that's what for 24-7 at minimum wage. And the list goes on. So, you can rent the Suite Imperial at the Ritz in Paris, which costs, by the way, just 8,500 euros a night. You can rent that suite for 38 years in a row. And it's five times the budget of a club like Angers, which was in League One last season. Five times its annual budget. And, or you can buy two Airbus A320s. You can also buy four TGV trains. You can buy 50 Bugatti Chirons. You can buy 450 Ferrari GTC4 Lusos. Let that sink in. 450 Ferraris. You can also buy 1,213 Porsche 911s. You can buy 7,142 Renault Clios. Or you can buy 15,404 Dacia Logans. Yeah, that's I mean, the amount. That's the amount. Or Juventus made the smartest oh. decision by selling him and recouping all the money they spent for the stadium. <laughs> they spent a hundred million in the stadium. The Brazilian club is doing great business. Yeah, they are brilliant. Oh, but they spent so much on Higuain. Uh, so let's not let's not <laughs> say that was a smart business at the moment. I, but that's another conversation altogether. Coming back so, to the United side, you have a Pogba in the middle. Then up front, he's assured. Mourinho is assured that. No, Rooney will play in a number. number no, the thing goes. now, if you see how Rooney and Zlatan played, you more or less know how Zlatan plays. Mm-hmm. He'll be in and around the, you know, the last man, last, last second or whatever. Rooney seems to be dropping down too much, at least for my liking, for him to have a proper connection with Zlatan because he's not staying up enough. And that's just Rooney being Rooney because he's always been the one who you know runs around. Yes, things moving. No, but this is the thing. This is where I have uh, some doubts because if you've seen Ibrahimovic, he has not played. He did not play as a target man for PSG. Mm. He was involved in the play a lot. He wanted to 
he was trying to play what they call that nine and a half role in Europe. So he was not the target man. He was not the number ten. He was somewhere in between, and he doesn't have that pace anymore. So he wants to drop deep. He wants to link up play. So if both he and Rooney want to do the same things, I don't know how that is going to work. Probably won't be. Like Ibrahimovic yeah. will be asked to just stay up front, and with Mkhitaryan on the wings. But can Ibrahimovic and Rooney uh, bring out a partnership like what Griezmann and Giroud did? No, I don't, no, think, think, so. No, I don't I think so. I think I think both are very slow, and uh, I think unless they play Mkhitaryan as number ten, that's my take. But for talking about these three, two guys who've been left out because of this new signings and new enforcements, as the likes of Anthony Marshall and Marshall and Rashford, because how much of how much of a game time Martin. are these guys getting? They're young. They, it's okay. They don't need to play every single match. They yeah. get as much game time. That's enough. You don't want to burn them out too much. You have. But this this time, Mourinho has one thing. That's win the champion. Win the league. He has no Champions League. He has no. I don't think they'll care much for Europa anyway. Europa League anyway. I was about so, to ask you about this Europa because Europa maybe Martial and Rashford will have more. Managers time keep always complaining about Europa and the tedious fixtures that is that the tedious travels that the team has to do when it yeah. comes to the Europa League. How much of an effect will that will that have in United? But definitely, it will it will have a huge effect because we've seen with every team that's been in the Europa League that they've struggled uh, in the subsequent game of the league. Thursday night, Liverpool did last. Yeah, you you're playing Thursday nights and then. You no, return. You return home in the early hours of Friday. Again, you go to bed at 6 a.m. in the morning, which means Friday you can't train, and then you have only one day of training available, which is Saturday, and then we have to play for Sunday. And what a lot of managers have said about the Europa League is more than more than the fatigue. You can rotate your team, and you can get over fatigue. And players are you know naturally fit these days. But they're saying more than fatigue. The issue is uh, about preparation. You need to prepare your team for an opposition. You need to prepare your team for. You know, say for the attackers that you're going to face, you need to prepare certain drills. You need to look at, study your team, and you know, teach them how to play. So that is the thing. So you need four or five days of training. For like for an example, in the Europa, you you might be preparing your side for a team like Michelin, and and on the following Sunday you might be playing Chelsea. So it's yeah. totally different. Yeah. yeah, it's just the way of the game. There's nothing I can do to change it. But there's something we hope that Mourinho can really balance it out. Uh, yeah, I think Mourinho will be using all the youngsters for that. Maybe Juan Mata can play there because <laughs> it looks like he's unlikely yeah. to get much game time otherwise. Talking about game time, talking about managers, one man who's always, who's still, who's still at the realm of Arsenal, Arsenal. Like I don't, I don't understand. He's their, still there. I don't understand their transfer. It, it's just crazy. Like, I, like, what are they? What you know for years, you know, they, they have been missing a number nine, a goal-scoring number nine, and a defender. And it's not, nothing's been done. And Gabriel is injured for six to eight weeks at the beginning of the season. Now it's been come out. So, what are you going to do? Like, why? Why is there such a uh, trepidation in terms of getting and going out there and getting one player? Okay, you spend fifty million on one player. It's fine. If he clicks, it's good. So far, here I would like to say one thing. What Jurgen uh, Klopp in one of his interviews said: You spend hundred million on a player, and what if that player gets injured? You, you are. But then he bought two players for twenty-five, thirty million. What if they get injured? But if any Alderman doesn't play the whole season, you miss twenty-five million. Then you can't do that like that. Okay, hundred million is an like enormous amount of money, but you can't with the kind of market that we have now. You can't say okay, hundred million means he may not play if he gets injured. That's just not. It's, it's fair. Even if you spend one million. That player he doesn't play. He doesn't play. What are you going to do about it? But as a Tottenham supporter, I mean, I would really like to ask you this: Where do you see Arsenal? Uh, 
hopefully below Tottenham that's the first answer ready uh, seat Tottenham after it really doesn't matter where Arsenal finishes <laughs> So Last year had to be a very bad pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing third in a two-legged race, what do you make of it? Yeah, well, I think, uh, so the first thing that has to be said about it is, at least Tottenham were in the title race for out of the 10 months, nine and a half months of the season, they were in with a chance. It's only in the last four games that they faded. And I think what happened was once... Hazard happened. No, I think once, I think that once it became <laughs> clear that uh, Tottenham were not going to win the league. Probably that's the only game Hazard played well. Yeah. yeah, that and one other game. He hadn't scored till then, I think. Yeah. He scored one goal before. the week before. Yeah. I don't know the week. Yeah, he scored yeah. the week before. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a standing, standing goal. Yeah, he scored till March. And could you tell us more about what kind of business Tottenham has done? Yeah, so Janssen has been good this time. Yeah, so Tottenham have signed Vincent Janssen from AZ Alkmaar and they've signed Victor Vanyama from Southampton. So, the question now I want to ask you is, which Vanyama are you going to get? The one who played three seasons ago in Southampton or the one who played last year? So, I think uh, Pochettino is a very good coach. So, you can see what he's, uh, the kind of effect he's had on players like Dele Ali, uh, Kyle Walker, Danny Rose. Danny Rose has, has become, from an idiot, he's become an immense player. And, <laughs> yeah, and so, you can see what kind of effect he's had on them. So, I think he's going to he's going to improve Vanyama. I think Vanyama is a good player, he just needs some discipline. And some. It seems Vanyama kind of lost interest. Because he, I, I, maybe he feels he needs to play Champions League and Southampton were not getting there. Maybe he was a little disinterested here and there, but hopefully, but he is good. He's an extremely good player. And I think when Janssen came in, he scored 27 in the Dutch League last year, 27 goals, and he was the top scorer in the Dutch League. So a lot of people were, you know, a little uh, reluctant to kind of make too much of him because. We've seen before people who come from the Dutch league. Afonso Alves scored 40 plus and came to Middle East and flopped here. Yeah, but they are for every Suarez there's a Kesman. So, yeah, so goals can be inflated, but I think at 17 million, I think it's still a good it's thing. Good deal. And he's only uh, what he's very young. I think he's only 21 years old or 22 years old. Yeah, 22 years old. So still good business. But uh, Arcadius Milik, who scored fewer goals than. Uh, Janssen in the Dutch league, he went to Napoli for 35 million euros. Yeah, so a good deal. This is a good deal. But I would really like to know this. Can Tottenham make the kind of kind of push they made for the title last time? I don't think. Yeah. I don't see anything beyond Manchester clubs this season. So I think we, again we're going to have the same issue because Tottenham are in the Champions League, where they haven't been since 2010-11. So now you you have to play Champions League games and Premier uh, League. So I think they're going to struggle to. Repeat the performance that they uh, put up in the league last year, but I still, I still hope. Well, last year they had a tedious uh, fixtures given the Europa League. Yeah, they, they are the fittest team in the that league. That was one so. issue. So that shouldn't affect Barcelona. Uh, yeah. So the other thing is, uh, the other way of looking at it is that Pochettino drives his uh, trains his teams too hard, so they tend to kind of fall uh, off towards the end. Yeah, towards the end of the season. So last season they picked up only two points from their last four games. Uh, which is criminal. So, and then this season, the last four fixtures: Leicester, Arsenal, West Ham, and Man United. So, if they are competing for a they're Champions, in for a quite interesting yeah. April. Yeah. So, if they're in uh, uh, competition for a Champions League place or a league title, I don't think it's going to go very well. Yeah. From one so, London club to another London club, Mr. Chelsea man, what do you make of your side this time round under Conte? There are two schools of thought I have in this. One is uh, Conte has come, he signed only two players, Kante and Batshuayi. And of the two, 
I don't see anything happening for some reason. Bukaku, Dikas are going through. They probably need another defender really badly in some pace in the midfield, maybe. Or other than Kante, I think Fabregas and Lexa are gone on this now. So they really badly need a defender more than anything else. So they don't seem to be doing anything in that direction. So I'm a little disappointed in that. But I there is another part of me who says like Conte, he doesn't need big players. He gets the best out of the ones he has. And I just hope they he take. He proved one, that in the Euros with the Italian side. Yeah, but before also in the Serie A also before Juventus became such a big power. So what I want him to maybe this season give him time to bed his team in his kind of philosophy in. Get the youngsters up because Chelsea has great, extremely highly talented youngsters. Get them in, go get them, giving them like you know one full year to properly get themselves fit and acclimatize and everything. Let the Traore and Loftus uh, Cheek looks like they'll be playing more and more or less. Yeah. Now you need Kennedy to come up. Really interesting to watch last last season. Uh, yeah, he, the amount of and he's been playing just off the number nine. And if Kurt Zuma recovers from his injury, I think yeah, he'll that's a sure he's actually. started training, but I don't think he'll be fit to play match fit for another couple of months. Yeah, but, early, early but do you worry about where the goals are going to come from because Diego Costa had a bad season? Uh, no, I'm not really. Because they go, they have goals in them. Batshuayi has goals in them. Yeah, but Batshuayi is just his you know, first season. Yeah, he's a 21-year-old. Yeah, but I think they'll be able to score. You have Willian, you have Oscar. But do we really think I, that? I really hope Kaisa Oscar. Willian, Oscar, Hazard will have another bad season. I really don't think so. No, at least that's one Willian of, didn't have a bad season. He was a saving grace last year. Yeah. So, I really don't think so because these guys are quality players. One off-season, yes, you can just uh, pardon them. But not over and over. I don't see these guys doing that over I, I, I just these hope guys Oscar is a, I, for me personally, I think Oscar is probably the most talented player, more talented than Hazard. But it's just that he is very inconsistent. A lot of the things, if you look at the kind of passes he tries to play, if it comes out, it's going to be an amazing assist. So he's taking the chances. But I just hope he goes to the next level and plays with some consistency in his game. And the fact, and uh, top four maximum. That's that's the way. Fact of last season, Hazard was slowly but steadily picking up form and yeah. Probably this this time round, you'll again see that Hazard that won the player player of the year two seasons back. Let's hope so. But he'll have to run back. Now the the biggest problem is defense. You can score goals, but with Yari Cahill and John Terry, you're going to concede goals because one ball behind and neither one of them is going to catch you. Aspilicueta is only one who has some pace. Zuma until he comes back is a question mark. There's an American for Chelsea, the defender. I forgot his name. Matt something. So he's also very young. So I I haven't seen him play much. So I'm not really sure. Antonio Chaloba is an option. And are you relishing uh, the prospect of Branislav Ivanovic going against no. some of the league's best wingers? No, <laughs> no. But he is he is as hardy as they come. But he just doesn't. His pace is the only problem. I remember like, that game against I think Jefferson Montero, Montero yeah, last season. Destroyed him. <laughs> took him to the left. Took him to the right. Completely destroyed him. And let excited about it too. Yes, I am excited again. Uh, like last season. It's now 21 years in a row that uh, Arsenal have managed to finish above Tottenham. So I'm just hoping that that things can be broken finally. Yeah. So all under clubs. Yeah. West Ham moving into the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. Getting bigger and better. Tottenham, Crystal Chelsea, Palace also. Crystal Palace, the fourth team. 
Crystal Palace again and uh, Crystal Palace uh, I think will be relegated. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, honestly. I think they kind we of talk about relegation right. Yeah, uh, okay, Liverpool they are just glazing over because they're not going to do anything. Liverpool. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to see Jurgen Klopp in his first full season. Made some interesting and because when Jurgen Klopp they're taking over Liverpool we always knew, at least I knew that we'll never see big name signings happen. Because he's no he's he's a guy who's known to mould players. Yeah, I would say Vinyaldam and Mane are pretty good yeah, picks. Yeah, quite impressed actually for yeah, smart but, signings. But he, those are the guys I think uh, Klopp needed. He needed a pace up front. He gets that yeah. from Mane. He, yeah, you have Sarich whenever he plays. That's the question. Whenever <laughs> he plays. Then, well, I heard this thing. Sarich apparently there's this meme going on. So Sarich has got his nose pierced. Okay. So they are like, yeah, he's not going to play because there's a hole in his nose. So, <laughs> That's what nothing of that sort happened this time out. So Mane bringing in pace, Vinaldum is also very quick. Yeah, yeah in, in the mid- midfield, then an interesting reinforcement in the defense. Then with Martin Scottie going out, uh, Ragnar Klawan and Joel Matip coming in from the German leagues. Uh, these players, it seems that uh, Klopp had an eye on him for a very long time, even before, even during when he was he was uh, during his uh, Dortmund days. So he's finally getting those play, players in, and a goalkeeper reinforcement also came. He came in, in form of Loris Karais. Karais, but unfortunately he injured his hand, broke his hand during that. No, I, I never pre-season. thought he was going to come and challenge Vinayle for his first team place. No, because uh, the talks were going on that uh, he was the number one choice for even. Uh, for you in club, but Minnelli again gets a leeway here because any time a keeper has come in to take over Minnelli, unfortunately gets gets injured and Minnelli has a longer run with the team. I just hope that he does well. But apart from these guys, I think Firmino and Coutinho, if they can recreate the kind of football that they did last time around, Firmino especially in the second half of the season and Coutinho throughout last season, it would be really interesting. Challenging for the top spot, uh, top four is a realistic goal for Liverpool going into the season. But yes, some somewhere between four or six. That's where I see my team. Yeah. So, relegation, I would say Crystal Palace, Burnley, and Hull. Hull because they yeah, they, don't have, are, a, they don't have uh, a they don't have a complete mess and exactly. Yeah, and I was reading somewhere that they fired their assistant coach while they were on their way back from a game or something. So yeah, they, so. they had just boarded a their coach and <laughs> then difficult times, difficult times. And when you are, this is such a big season for them. You shouldn't be having all these issues there. Yeah. But I, the only, Middlesbrough seems to have done good business. Yeah. I'm, ex, I'm excited to see Victor Fisher. I think he might be only, him and Kapuska are the two things I feel yeah. would be a surprising yeah, sign. Could be another big no, big but man. we've seen him play at that exactly, level. So these two are the ones I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, what, what, yeah, so I think Sunderland is okay now because Moyes is coming. I just want them to go down. It's been like quite some time. <laughs> no, Moyes is there. I think he'll manage to save the game. <laughs> he's he's going to raid Manchester United B team to get some couple of players. <laughs> in here. So that's so, there. Who do you think will be relegated? As I said, my three. So yeah, Hull uh, City stopped my list because of the best there. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's it. I'd have to say Burnley. And, and then I think the third spot is going to be interesting uh, because I think Sunderland are going to be in it, going to struggle, and I think Palace are also going to struggle. The sad thing about Palace is they've let go of three of their players Breda Angeland, uh, Edbayor, and uh, Shamal. They haven't signed anybody. I think they only got one good signing. In. And I think Yannick Polasi is on his way to Everton. Yeah, he's, he's 30 million. 30 yeah. million. 
I thought that was a very misguided way of writing things. Like it is yeah. okay, he spent money, but in Chelsea last season he made more money than he spent because of the transfer deals that he made. Yeah. But people never consider the net spending which comes like. Yeah. And if you look at the signings he made in Real Madrid, none of them were over the top. Yeah. And also, I think the money that he spent, uh, so the kind of clubs he's worked at, I think money has not really been a factor. Yeah. So if you're managing Middlesbrough and if you spend 200 million. Uh, in one season then you know you're going to sink them but if you are managing united and you spend 200 million a season it's not going to really affect united too much it's just a drop in the ocean and the other way of looking at it is okay you spend all this money you recounted the titles what this money no i'm saying this money would have anyway just sat in the club's bank account you know is the club would the club have the fans okay moan about how much money a team is spending but would the club have spent that money to subsidize season tickets no would that man have would the club have spent that same money to uh, So refurbish the stadium? No. Would that club have spent that money to gift fans away tickets? No. So that money would have just sat in the bank account accruing interest, and instead of that, they spent it on a player. So I don't. And people say, okay, we could have bought three players with that money. I think if Mourinho wants, you can still go out and buy three yeah, players. Nobody player. is going to stop it. It's a kind of money, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't think money is. Yeah, I thought it was a very, yeah, very uh, stupid article to write. But if he spent eight hundred and forty-five million, whatever it is, but he has made so much for them by winning titles yeah. and shirt sales and whatever that comes along with it. Right. And. This is probably the only time I feel they overpaid. Pogba's deal is the only time they Mourinho's overpaid for a player, apart from maybe Andrei Shevchenko, who is, you know, in his thirties. Yeah, was in his thirties. I spent thirty odd million on him. So I can't yeah, say yeah, Mourinho spent far too much. I, I see. Uh, Juventus doing a small business there by taking out that that sum for Pogba. Yeah, you know, I think that move was kind of dead. This this transfer window has been very funny. In that sense, lot of rumors, very few transfers. Uh, that Lukaku deal with Chelsea is, it's like 
I don't, they don't want to sell him. It's happening. It's not happening. It's happening. It, I don't think it's happening. I, now it's too late. Once the league starts, it's a little bit. Okay, we're just hours away from the league starting. Yeah. Local is up against the past. I'm really scared about this. It's okay. Neither one of you guys are in the league, so. so. I want to mention. Never. I like this season is not about challenging for the title for Liverpool. Yeah. I want to mention something interesting. Arsene Wenger said actually uh, last week. I saw a quote in the Premier League website, so where he says this season is not just going to be a battle between all the clubs. He says this is going to be a Champions League of managers. So, which he named uh, Mourinho, he named Guardiola, he named Klopp, he named himself. But somehow he forgot to name uh, Pochettino. So, and Conte. Yeah, and Conte. Yeah, but somehow yes. he forgot Typical to name Arsenal. Uh, he Pochettino. because two London clubs. Shit, he doesn't want to say anything. <laughs> He's the best in the London. The French man is the best in the London. Yeah, sure. He might be a revolutionary manager when he came in, but I think. It's high time that yeah. Arsenal gets gets a new guy. No, and not new guy. Just you know, give us a shot in the arm and say, okay, we have to challenge for the title. Now. Last season was a crazy season, so finishing second, I don't think it's like an achievement for them. Definitely, they should have won that league. And also, in terms of managers, I want to add. Uh, I want. It'll be interesting to see how Walter Mazzari and Klopp Tuchel get on because they've had success in in their Klopp countries. Klopp is a good Mazzari has done very well in Italy. Tuchel has done very well in France. So now in the Premier League, you know, managing clubs uh, like Watford and Southampton. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they. There get are eight on. new managers. Yeah, I think Ronald Koeman is also an interesting signing for Everton. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he should be. He should at least stop the flow of goals for against them. Okay. That should be one. And that's not happening. Karanka, Karanka is an explosive character, so we have to wait and see what he does in minutes. Yeah. For he almost had a bad ending last season, so. But I think we we have probably like the best. Uh, it's assemblage of managers we've had we could the Premier League in a exactly. in a long time on. I don't. I think ever probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, Is there any big guy uh, other than Laurent Blanc and Ancelotti? I can't think of anybody like a big big name manager who's outside. Pretty well, Allegri also probably. Mr. Simeone is out. Oh yeah, Simeone. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not Zidane. I'm not convinced yet. So yeah. let's yeah. not add. But having said that, an interesting season, guys. Just yeah. hours away from the first match of the new season. Uh, what are your predictions going into it? Your favorite teams, first match. We should admit that. What? Chelsea and West Ham. Chelsea's first match. Oh, it's gonna be tough. I I actually don't know. Hopefully, they don't lose that much because uh, I'm I'm still not convinced of the defense. What about Tottenham? Uh, Tottenham are away at Goodison Park, so two draws against Everton last season. Uh, so, which and I hope I hope they win. Managed to win there this time, but Everton had a terrible defence last year. Jagi Elka was not great, and Lamiro Funes Mori was uh, was a disaster. Johnson. But I think yeah, I think this Johnson was, yeah, was always distracted. But this time I think they have Ashley Williams, so it's probably going to be harder to break them down. But yeah. Yeah, I have a soft spot for Everton, just because of the fact that they have assembled a very good spine for the team over the last few years. They have lost Jones now, so they still have McCarthy, Barkley, Lukaku, provided he stays there. So I just wish they would, you know, push up from there. Similar to Stoke, Stoke also has some good players, but they haven't got the, you know, equation correct. They just have to do some tweaking here. Liverpool, it's Arsenal first up. Last time that happened, Pepe Reina gave off a. Very crazy goal, Pepe Reina. 
that was last time when Arsenal played Liverpool in the first match of the Euro. So that ended in a draw, and I hope this. Happened. Oh, I remember that. You know how I remember that because this guy took a leave, took a day off from work just to watch that match, and people were shouting and saying, "Where the hell is Naveen? It's so late. Where is well, he? He's not, told, he's not told anyone. He just took off." <laughs> well, that's Liverpool. Yeah. I go to experience. Not a very good Monday he had. Let me just say that. Definitely, but yeah. this time around, I hope the team does well. But to start off with a draw, I'll be pretty pretty happy if we can start off with a draw. Let's hope how things work out. Just few a uh, few hours away from the kickoff, I would say. Yeah, and uh, anyway, this is the end of the show. And thanks, Chidu, for coming. Yeah, sure. Chidu, uh, how, how was it talking to us, yeah, like discussing football, and sitting here at the, the fortress again? Bangalore, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good fun. Would you come in the future again? Uh, we'll conduct some uh, contract talks once the show's over. <laughs> well, this is getting serious here. We should like stop here right away and get on, get done with the show. So thanks a lot, listeners, for tuning into the latest episode of Injury Time. And next time round, when we come in, it will be about the first match week of the Premier League and more regarding it. And thanks hopefully, some Indian football happens. Something in India happens with it. Hopefully, yeah. Thanks thank a lot you and have a nice week.